Hi there, and welcome back to the Energy Sector Heroes podcast. My name is Michelle Fraser, and every week I will speak with incredible people who share their lessons, experiences, and stories from their time spent in the energy sector. Hi there, and welcome back to the Energy Sector Heroes podcast. My name is Michelle Fraser, and every week I will speak with incredible people who will share their lessons, experiences, and stories from their time spent in the energy sector. My guest today is Pablo Perez. Pablo is an incredible CEO with over 27 years experience of providing technical solutions to the oil and gas industry. Pablo, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, thank you, Michelle, and thank you for the invite. My name is Pablo Perez. I'm originally from Venezuela. I've been 27 years in the oil and gas industry, specifically doing drilling and completion, data management, and real-time operations. I currently run my own business, Baras, which I founded in 2014 in Houston, Texas. And uh, we focus on delivering real-time operations for drilling and completions, data management services. Thank you. How did you get started off in the energy sector? Yeah, very good question, Michelle. I mean, um, being Venezuela, I mean, one of the main, the main industry is the oil and gas. So after I, I mean, even before graduating, I started doing my uh, some work. I started working at PDVSA, the national oil company in Venezuela. So initially, I started as a developer. Later, I moved to a consulting position, always related to drilling and completion, data management, and improving supporting operations while drilling or during the interventions. Later in 2002, I joined an international uh, service company, developed their market in Latin America. I made them $100 million, and then I decided to start my own business in 2014. My vision was always like, you know, there's a lot of value we can deliver to the client as long as we use technology as a mean to an end. So having served, I mean, in down data management for all these years, and serving the drilling and completion operations, the most important is to use leverage technology to meet the requirements of our end customers. As such, I started to realize too, as the technology started growing and more options arose in terms of like different technologies, and many different types of data, we started realizing that we preach, I mean, nobody can do it all, meaning that we needed to focus take a very specific focus on what we offer to our clients. And we decided to focus on managing and optimizing the workflow from the, from the point of acquisition through analytics. So pretty much what Bardas focuses is on gathering the all the data, different data points at the rig side, whether surface parameters or downhole tools, that's pretty common, but also cold tubing, MPD, cementing data, production testing, as well as completion, I mean, such as frac data, mop pump, or wireland data. So gathering all that, concentrating that uh, using the industry data standards, energistics, we have implemented a solution which we call the source of trusted data for our clients. And the technology we developed to do this is proprietary. It's our own technology. We call it Octopus. The reason why we call it octopus is because octopuses have nine brains, one central and one per leg, but so they can operate as a whole, one single, just to just say, the individual or initiative, or 
per leg. And uh, likewise, our technology is all modular, so we can have the whole solution together, or we can also deliver to our clients strictly what they need to be successful in their operations. So that's a little bit of like a quick summary of what we do. Um, we're enjoying this uh, journey and uh, we're learning every day. I mean, it's uh, every day is like a new opportunity to learn and um, improve the services we deliver to our clients. Okay, thank you. Who was your role model in your career? Why did you find them inspirational? Well, the number one was my dad, my father. He was an entrepreneur, very hard worker, very charismatic, always optimistic and such a kind of like people person. He taught me, I mean, from early stage, early in my life to work hard and to reap, I mean, to reap what I saw. So whatever hard work do you do, he always told me, I mean, whatever I did, make sure you are the best at that. Even if you're sweeping floors, be the best at sweeping floors. And I think, I mean, that ingrained in me very high work ethics. Through my career, I had several mentors. I mean, my mm-hmm. actually my mentor at Perevesa, she was the manager of IT then for Perevesa. And uh, she was pretty demanding. So she 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 taught me excellence. Then through my career, I had great mentors who believed in me. That way, I will never forget that. They gave me the confidence because, um, I mean, to be frank, I mean, this is a very nice conversation. I was a little bit insecure or unconfident about my abilities and what I could do. And um, these people, I mean, this particular person helped me, believed in me. That really unleashed my capacities to do business, close deals, and make money for companies. So I would always be grateful for that. Giving trust in somebody is always something transforming and it was super impacting. And that literally transformed my life. I had as always had the aspiration to go and work overseas. And um, these people that believed in me, I mean, allowed me to go and do that and then kind of like spread my wings and, and fly high. There's been different stages. I mean, even like from my from my church, there's been a couple of great mentors. I mean, my father passed away in 2008 and my uncle, Eliezer, he's a pastor and uh, he also has been such a great mentor, role model, role model. Uh, for character, for discipline, and uh, for being, you know, straight, straight man in all aspects. Not only as a businessman, but also as a family man, as a friend, as a brother. So, I, I'm, I've been blessed to be surrounded by people that I have created a great impact in my life and have helped me. They have helped me achieve and get to levels that I didn't even expect. That's a really good message, actually. I think a lot of people would feel like that, feel like they may not believe in themselves and they're glad that you had really good mentors around you that so they would be able to instill that in you. Exactly. And it's it takes sometimes so little if you have the opportunity to influence somebody and encourage someone to do something. When somebody believes in you, it's such a transforming power. Of course, yeah, I mean, the, the first the first is like, it's always, I mean, I always say it, it's me versus me. So, I mean, my worst enemy is myself. And uh, sometimes we instill that lack of trust in ourselves. So it, it needs to start with us, but always it's just, like just transforming when somebody comes and uh, believes in you just out of 
the blue and the, that awakes that possibility to believe in yourself. Yeah, it does. It does. I agree. What is the most challenging thing about your current role and how do you deal with it? Most challenging thing, I mean, to me, I mean, to be successful, not only in this business, in the oil and gas, but generally in life, is a matter of consistency. Such a powerful world. I mean, word. it's, uh, you know, ideas are all over the place. Everyone has great ideas, but making something happen and having the consistency and persistence to make dreams come true, to me, is the most challenging. And at the same time, it's like something that we're always struggling, right? I mean, we have to believe in what we are doing. Great, successful people. I remember, I'm sure everyone have heard from Conor McGregor before he had a very successful career uh, in the UFC. He was, you know, it took seven years for him to become a rock star. And when he decided to do, to go after his career with the UFC, he envisioned himself as a champion. And I think this is something extremely hard for everyone, including me. When you have a goal, if you can see yourself in that position, that's the only way to achieve that. It's almost like it goes back to it's like, how can you get to the goal if you don't know what that is? You need to envision that, you need to embrace that, and you need to have a plan and have discipline and consistency to get there. So the greatest challenge is that, and uh, I mean, in my life, it's almost present every day. Obviously, I mentioned before, Michelle, I, I mentioned self-confidence, mm-hmm. that every time, even we're doing this uh, podcast, I mean, it grows as you get you flow on your yourself. And that's what I've learned, even uh, talking about other people out there. I mean, since this is a podcast, I mean, I have great respect for Joe Rogan. He's the owner of the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. I think it's the most, the number one podcast in the world. And uh, his friends used to say, like, he's just dumb. I mean, what can you do? And he's just being pretty honest and uh, real when he has his interview, interviews people all over from different you know, political preferences, religions, and principles. He's always been very pragmatic. And as such, I mean, he is uh, acknowledged by people and by the crowd in what he does. So overall, I mean, to me, the, mo- the two greatest challenges is like consistency and self-confidence. And the fight is like every day is me versus me. The way to defeat this is like, number one, I'm I'm a Christian believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I all, also respect everyone's preference. I mean, just like... I have no problem with that. But I mean, to me, it's like having the discipline to stay close to my belief and my Lord and uh, stay disciplined is a is the way to go to deal with these challenges on a daily basis. Okay. That's an excellent message. I just wondered, how does your current role or your current career differ from what you imagined it would be as a young boy, young child? I I love that question. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, when I was a child, (laughs) it makes me laugh because I was, um, I love uh, football, soccer here in the U.S., but football. I played football for a long time. I mean, and even like, I tried a couple of times to play uh, professional level. I did some testing or some trials in Italy. And then later on, later in my, I mean, I was not, able to be kind of like top professional anymore, but I live in the UK in the 
mid-90s and uh, played for, I think, fourth division. So my my dream as a kid was like, <laughs> I was always so passionate about football and fishing. I would say like, I'm going to work half a day being a football player and half a day being a fisherman. Well, none of those became true because really I realized over the years that as I grew up that that was those were my hobbies but having a life out of that is not what I really wanted and I think the process probably of like my initial part of my professional career in the mid-90s I only saw myself as a software developer and then through the opportunities I mentioned before I discovered myself and my ability to relate to people and help others solve problems that's what I'm really passionate about, making businesses profitable through helping others solve their problems. In that respect, I mean, as I mentioned in the beginning, I mean, it's for me a pleasure and a privilege to work in the oil and gas industry. Energy is what makes the world move. And it makes me extremely honored and excited to be in this position now where I run my company and have the, import, the opportunity to influence others and to show them, I mean, you believe in yourself and that you can have a an international career, you can go through boundaries and you can grow through challenges that I, you didn't even imagine. I didn't imagine I would have my own company. I couldn't be happier now with that. With its, its own ups and downs, right? Every every two weeks, but you know, I have to deal with like paying the payroll and this, like especially after COVID, that's always a challenge. But mm. that challenge makes life more enjoyable. And there's something that I learned. I mean, it's probably hard phrase, but uh, I learned over the years since I started my business, it's like affliction produces endurance. So when you're really against the wall and you're struggling or in that crunch time, it's when you grow. And uh, it helps develop your endurance, which is, as I mentioned before, endurance, consistency is when I get you through to, to, to get to the goal. So I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, I'm, I'm very talkative, but I mean, I hope uh, the message is clear and pretty much yeah, okay. yeah, it did, it did answer my question. Is there anything else that you would still want to achieve in your career? Yes, I mean, I have a lot of goals. The main one is like we can, we believe we're privileged, we're blessed. So we at Bardash, Bardash is my company, we're blessed to be blessed, to bless others. That's the number one thing. I want to leverage the company to enable others to be successful, to bring resources to their families. We're a very family-oriented company. Want to be a good influence in in our community. Want to show and be an example for honesty, integrity, doing things the right way and showing the world, I mean, that you can do whatever you are determined to do, disregarding your race, your religion, your location. It's possible. And I'm a living example of that. I never thought I would own a company in the United States. And here I am, I mean, doing international business. So I think that's one of the things that really motivates me. Another goal, really, I mean, I want to, as an entrepreneur, one of my goals is like do several businesses. I mean, do acquisitions, get in, into new businesses, evolve. I mean, I, I strongly believe we're not meant, we're meant to evolve, not to last. So I remember one of the presentation, one presentation from Shell, the operating company, it was amazing, so impacted in my life. About 15 years ago, I went to this uh, conference and they talk about the company, but I mean, it even took it for myself, that phrase that I just mentioned, we're meant to adapt, not to last. 
this world is changing very quickly. And to me, more than building an, an empire is about like getting this company to make to a certain point where it can be acquired and then I can do it again, uh, do it differently in different industries, in the energy sector. I love it. So, I mean, that's like how I would like to have uh, an experience uh, doing business in the global or holistic energy space with renewables and oil and gas. I think oil, oil and gas is here to stay. And uh, we also obviously need to take care of our environment. And that as such, I mean, we need to make sure that we're always on, you know, on the, on the right track, innovating and doing new stuff. I really like that message, actually, that we're not built to last. We're meant to evolve. That's a really, it's an amazing, insightful message. Yeah, I love, I love that, Michelle, because it's like, when we tried, I mean, and that's what I was saying again, I mean, uh, through affliction challenges, sometimes is when we really develop that in, endurance, that mental strength to go through challenges. And that likewise, you always need to be evolving. The worst we can do in our lives is when you get comfortable, you get kind of like stuck and you don't prepare yourself for what is coming. So not that I always want to be in a challenging situation, but I mean, I, my message to everyone there, whether in the oil and gas industry and in other areas, is like embrace embrace your pain and embrace the challenge and extract, try to extract the maximum value out of that. It's like eventually it's kind of like training for success. Excellent. In your opinion, what makes a great hire if you are going to hire someone? What would you look for? What type of skills, experience, qualifications would, would they need to have? Hunger. Determination, consistency, the mentality, main mindset of I have half of a glass of water and not looking at the half that you don't have, the desire to deliver. I think that's extremely important. Education, of course, is also very important, but by no means a master degree or a doctorate makes you the resource that a company may need to solve a problem. The problem-solving mindset is the more, most important thing. And I even learned from my dad, who didn't even finish high school. And by the way, I'm not saying here, I mean, education is the foundation of our society. But even if you have some restrictions and limitations, if you have determination, you can be successful. So when we hire somebody, what is that determination, that hunger, that desire to make things happen with their resources available. And that goes for all levels and type of companies. Because again, as I was saying before, sometimes you can get comfortable. So in a big corporation, in a way, I mean, you're not that accountable. You could get comfortable and therefore may not achieve your maximum capacity. And small companies are kind of like, I always compare it sometimes. I mean, like, I mean, if you do, you think about combat sports um, in boxing in the Olympics. I mean, you have all of that protection and probably like working for a big corporation and uh, you know, sometimes a small uh, companies, I call it like a street fighting, right? I mean, you got to go there and, uh, you know, stay on your ground and fight hard every day. And I think that develops your character. And I think that shows, I mean, that enables people who, with the ability to deliver maximum value to the companies feel fulfilled. I can always see, like, whenever whenever I start talking to somebody, how much hung, hung, how, how hungry is that person? And uh, usually, I would lean towards those who are hungry for success. 
And that success cannot be selfish. I mean, it's only your success is not going to work. It's like a, a holistic success for the company, for your family, for your colleagues. So that also demonstrates, I mean, we look a lot at the character of the person, teamwork. We strongly believe in teamwork. In business, is a team sport. It's my perception. That's valuable information. Thank you. I wondered, have you had any career disasters and how did you handle them? Yeah, I've had a... Lots of them. I mean, you plan and God decides, some people say, and uh, it, it's it's a very good question. I want to be as real as possible. I mean, I think it's like, you know, it's just nobody wants to lose. So a few messages out there. I mean, in life, what I've learned is not about winning or losing. It's about learning. Have a learning mentality at any given time. And as I mentioned before, through affliction or challenges, you you increase your strength. You develop their endurance. So that's that's good. Now, if you get stuck in that, you're not probably going to go uh, be able to learn anything. So one thing that I always say to people and to my kids, don't get stuck with that. Go to bed, wake up in the morning, wash your hands and move forward. Never get stuck with that. I mean, it's like, I mean, great challenges. I mean, you can have big losses. Learn from that. Try it again. Never give up. Uh, I've had several. Major defeats, but I learned over the years that was a perfect plan for me to be trained to get to where I am. And even today, I'm being challenged by in the business space in very many different ways. And after kind of like the the storm goes away, you realize it's like that was only preparation. If I if I know how to leverage that to go to the next level, so it's always like keep the faith. Wash your face after your after a failure or a defeat. Try it again. Never give up. Excellent. What is your zone genius? What are you most good at? You mean like uh, somebody I I consider a genius or? No. What are you most good at? What are you? What is your zone genius? What are you? What are you most excellent at? I think it's connection with people. I love cultures, different races, different customs. I literally, I mean, enjoy my business because I think it's extremely fun. I mean, in the in the oil and gas industry, how international and different people you can meet. So I think that's kind of like my unique gift, connecting with people, learning from others, learning about their culture, learning about their beliefs and uh, sharing and Learning, uh, accepting people as they are. I mean, this is probably how definitely built, I mean, it's the foundation of how I've developed my career. And I really enjoy it on a daily basis. So that's that's a part that I always like when I do something, when I started this business, I ran out of like joy in my previous uh, experience. And uh, when that happened and there's no money to to get you back or position or title, I wanted to have fun. And I really have fun, I mean, interacting with people and in that process, of course, as a business, I mean, helping them solve their problems and my clients. So that's a, such a satisfaction. Of course, I mean, we'll need the money, but if you put the money first, that's not necessarily going to make you successful. What makes you successful is have to, having a real purpose. And in my case, it's helping people and connecting with people and learning about them. Thank you. I was going to ask you, what does your typical working week look like 
working week, <laughs> it's it can be challenging. That's why it's important to enjoy it. I mean, as an entrepreneur and in this business of, you know, like well interventions, monitoring and real-time operations, I mean, it's almost like a doctor's life. You need to be available 24-7. I work, I mean, usually, I mean, my routine looks like waking up at 5.30 in the morning, uh, reading the Bible, having my coffee, taking the time. I mean, if I'm um, don't take me like I'm, I'm too perfect in that space. I mean, it's just pretty hard to wake up early, do the right thing. But when you do the right thing, my day is awesome. Work out in the morning, try to do 6.30 to 7, and then at 7, take my daughters to school, walk them to school. And then I start, I mean, like through probably, you know, 6.30 or 7 p.m. So it's demanding, but I enjoy it. And also try to protect my weekends to spend time with the family, to have downtime and to go after my hobbies. As I said, I mean, street fishing is now my main thing. I mean, I cannot play as much soccer anymore because I had to need surgeries, but I still enjoy watching soccer or trying to work out. So it can be pretty intense, but if you're enjoying what you're doing, it's a pleasure and it keeps me going. And I think it's also when you don't, you're not active, you're just wasting your life. I mean, it's like no matter what you do and what you like, it's like, just do it. If you sit down and I don't want to be kind of like witnessing what others are doing, I want to do create, write my own story. Okay. That's a really good message, actually. It's quite long hours that you work as well. Very long hours. It's it like, and well. there's no, yeah, yes. It's like what it takes to grow the business and make it international. Do you find it more? challenging running your own business than being hired by someone else i I love that question yes i mean running i mean it all depends i mean if you're enjoying it it's kind of like difficult to say this is better or worse i mean i think there is something if you find your purpose and what you like you do it you want to do it at the highest level there's going to be a challenge but entrepreneurship is not for everyone if you really want to be successful as an owner, you're last. Your staff goes first. They go first in payroll. They go first in benefits. Your clients go first. I do agree with actually Richard Brunson, who said, I mean, like, your staff goes first. They're good. Then the client. I, I agree with him in that one. But ultimately, I mean, you as a one of as enter, the entrepreneur, the founder, the owner, we go last. And uh, that can be challenging, okay, having the maturity and the wisdom to realize, hey, I may not be paid this month. I have to pay my staff. That's pretty good. I may need to invest more as instead of like taking dividends. That's pretty challenging. Also, I mean, sometimes it's like you need to be very mentally strong because you can do your very best and then be defeated by competition or by pricing or by the market. And it, it is what it is. So, I mean, it's like no matter how hard you, you try, you can get results that you don't expect. So being mentally strong there is extremely critical and challenging. It's not for everyone, but I wouldn't want to dare to say that it's it's the hardest job because there are pretty hard jobs out there also in like research and, research and development labs or, you know, I mean, it's like being a policeman or, you know, being a, in the army. I mean, every every job has its own challenge, and I think it all depends on your call. What's what you love, and you want to do it at a very high level, 
I'm a very good friend who I, uh, I love a lot. I mean, he's retired. He's a veteran. He gave 20 years of his life to be a lifeguard. He had a lot of accidents in one of these, in some of these uh, in rescues. He saved over 100 people's life. And post that, I mean, he has been challenged a lot. So it would be unfair to, to say this is the hardest job, but it's definitely demanding, as you see, with the hours. And it never ends. I mean, it's just like a, it's a journey, not a destination, really. I mean, until until you sell the company or you get acquired, it's like it never ends. I mean, there's always a challenge. Yeah, thank you. It was really interesting, actually. It was a really interesting answer. I really liked it. Who do you depend upon? My Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I want to state the message for everyone. I mean, I love all my friends, Muslims and atheists and everything. So, I mean, it's, but I want to be real with people. These days, people don't, don't feel sometimes comfortable to express what they believe in. And I depend on him. I mean, every, every big achievement that I have had in my life, it's, it has come from him. So, and when I was lost in other activities where, you know, clubbing and stuff like that, he, he was a light at the end of the tunnel for me. So that's what I de- depend on. He, I depend on him. Likewise, I mean, after that, I mean, of course, my family, my wife and uh, daughters, my, my brothers and my mom. Thank you. What type of work do you always delegate? Type of work I'd always delegate? Yeah. That's it's a very good question. I mean, admin work is very challenging uh, for me. Documenting, which is very important, it's not my greatest strength. So I like always like having working with people who are good at what I'm not. I'm a team player, so just like admin. I mean, now we're in a new season in the company that's been very challenging for myself because I delegated a region to one of my brothers and business partners. So I was used to getting always involved with that. So I'm now delegating kind of like the whole management of that division. And we we want to work, be working moving forward. I mean, like uh, based on results. So that's a challenge, but I think it's great to delegate that. So I can focus on new markets and the company strategy. The part I don't like to delegate because I love, and that's what I, my strength is, is a strategy. And, um, the the commercial side of things, the, the business. But it can be hard to make up a think up of a strategy about where you're wanting to go with your business, isn't it? Yeah, it must always have to be thinking about it all the time. It it is absolutely. I mean, uh, it goes back to what I mentioned before. We're meant to adapt, not to last, and uh, we have to be in these days. Our lives are so fast, and this world is so fast that we can't. We can't say, well, this is our strategy. This is what we need to do. Look at how COVID changed our lives, right? Mm-hmm. I've been doing real-time operations for many years, but the appreciation of those services post-COVID is amazing. And if you look back, I mean, two and a half years ago, who would have thought we would do so much work from home? Home officing was like privilege for a few out there. Even in 2020, uh, post-COVID, everything changed. So I think that's, we also need to be be prepared to kind of like watch the market, watch the the trends, the politics, the econo- economy, and say, well, how do I need to adapt my company and the strategy so we can be successful? I think this is one of the things that even sometimes, I mean, with different teams that I work, is like, they say, well, how do you change that fast? It's like, it cannot be 
stock because this is our plan. It's what is going to work now is if it's things are changing. And there are, we have to do some bets. Two and a half years, uh, for example, I mean, we made a big bet on the uh, latest technology of data standards for drilling and completion. And it wasn't, it wasn't very clear at all what if that technology was going to be adopted or not. And today we're leading in that space by far because we took that. It's kind of like a gamble. We developed that technology and uh, we're now seeing adoption. So uh, as I said before, I mean, it's a strategy. Uh, as, sorry, I mean, I, when I say when I said before, it's like you win, you lose. This was a big bet for us and uh, it, it's de- delivering now. It's only the early stage, but in generally speaking, in the strategy, you always have to be surrounded by good people, diverse people with different experiences, and also be prepared to adapt, not to last. Excellent message. My closing question is, if you could turn back time, would you change anything? It's, uh, I've always been very happy with everything that I did. I realize sometimes, of course, I mean, I could have done much better in so many different ways, but that's the way was meant to be. I believe in that. However, I mean, if I could tell little Pablo out there, probably when I was eight years old, I was very insecure and unconfident. I really wanted to play football. And I would I would I would tell him, say, hey, go try your best. And if it didn't if I didn't succeed, so be it. And I'd also, I mean, go back when I was to 17. That's when I did a try in Italy, and my dad told me, "You want to do six months? I mean, you want to try this?" And I just, I just didn't have the courage to say, "I'm going to take this risk." And I say, I, I, I didn't even try. So those are, I think, probably the only two things. And of course, I like to have done. A, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I would have done, like to, do better in many different cases. But uh, overall, for me, those two that I just mentioned is like. That's probably what I would go back and, and redo and give myself the chance. Okay. And that's all the questions I have today. I would like to thank Pablo for your time. Thank you very much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. I love the questions. And uh, anyone who wants to know more about me or my company, I mean, the company where the name is Bardash, www.bardash.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Of course, I mean, through Michelle, you can... Charles, I really appreciate Michelle uh, the, the bite. I wish you a lot of success and thank you very much. I'll just, I hope to speak to you soon. Yes, thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I'd like to gently encourage you to leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with another person. You can also follow me on LinkedIn or via my website, www.michellefraserconsultancy.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.